Born in trouble. In and out the frame, out your flame, I'll make it brighter, douse the same. Hey, 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 what's going on? Welcome to the special Tuesday talk of Born in Trouble. Today we have our illustrious guest, Mr. Robert Brooks. What's going on, John? Same old same, bro. Same old same. You, you know me, man. Let's 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 get to the guest. Let's get to the guest. Let's get it started, and let's get to the guest with the round of applause. Author, survivor of the Gulag, college football defensive back, and best-selling author on Amazon, Mr. Chancellor Jackson. Blessings, blessings. What's going on, brother? Thank you for joining us here today. I appreciate y'all for having me. It's been a tap in for sure. <laughs> nah, well, you know, I was reading all. I've been reading all about you, and um, you're a pretty impressive dude. Of course, author of 14 Days in Beijing, a new book that's out there on your Amazon bestseller list. How did that do? You said that um, it was. A, it's been a bestseller for how how many weeks now? Um, just 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 recently, like three weeks. I'm gonna say. The number one and uh, one hour short reads, especially my free version. Um, wow. I don't rank one over 15 times and just multiple different genres. Multiple different genres. Wow, that's great. We're going to give you a round of applause for that one. Because anytime a brother's out there doing things, we're here to support them because that's what we're here for. So, you know, your book is very interesting. I myself, I was trying to cop it like I was telling you a couple of minutes ago. I was having some problems on Amazon, so I'm going to have to get you back on the show. We're going to have a before and an after. Before I read it and after I read it, but what I read was kind of like word crack, you know? (laughs) I wanted to know more. I wanted to find out more what happened. It was perfect. Did you have some advice in just ending that chapter like right there, you know, right where it's about to get to the juicy part? About to find out whether or not you get it. Uh, I mean, I was, it's funny how, like, just because I was going to drop the entire story on April 4th, 2020. But um, I just, I didn't have the entire story from my editor. I only had half of it back. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I was running. I was behind schedule. So, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just drop half of the book now and then half of the book later. And right. then was one of the editors, he was like, man, I feel like you should just... You know what I'm saying? Split this first half in half, and then, you know what I'm saying? Just drop it by piece by piece like that. You know what I'm saying? That's how, you know what I'm saying? That way you'll be able to just stretch it out one, and then, you know what I'm saying? You'll be able to perfect it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or you just drop it all at one, you know what I'm saying? One go, and everything is not prepared the way it should be. You know what okay. I'm saying? So this is how we came about doing it in a short story a series, a series of short stories. So part one, which is the free version, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's, Part one to the original original series, but the original series is no longer present. It's available since the whole entire something story. different. Yeah, I was saying, bro, you got to get that book out there and get it out on the bestsellers list, so that way you make it easier on people who are trying to interview you. Because you know, <laughs> the more the more books that you sell, the faster we get to the Cliff Notes version. Then I can read the Cliff Notes. I can pretend like I know everything. It'll be almost like college. Rob, Rob you shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head, Rob? You never use Cliff yeah, Notes. Yeah, yeah, in college, yeah, yeah. But- you don't need because because but in Cliff Notes you're not supporting the brother. 
Oh, that's <laughs> right. You supported Cliff. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, okay. now, 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 see, you can all tell right. you old now. You don't know that it's Sparks Notes now. Now it's Sparks. Oh, it's Sparks. Yeah, Cliff oh. Notes ain't the thing no more. Oh damn, I am old. <laughs> it's yeah, Sparks but, now. You know, the title of the book obviously alludes to a to a chapter in your life and uh, and an episode that uh, that brought you to some realization. What is it that you wanted to get out of writing this book? I mean, I definitely, most importantly, I just wanted to, to tell the story. I'm like, mm-hmm. I went through this experience for a reason. You know what I'm saying? It interfered with my goal going in, going out there to China, which was to put inside my contract year. So I, was like, I ain't get to do my contract year because, uh, you know what I'm saying, this, this circumstance. And it's like, it is what it is, but it's like, I'm not just going to take this L, you know what I'm saying? I'm not just finna take this blow to the chin and <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Just walk away with my t- my leg. Nah, bro, I, y'all got right. me fucked up for real, bro. I'm finna yeah. do something. I with this experience, you know what I'm saying? So I just ain't know what. I'm like, I don't know how I don't know how I'm gonna say the story. I definitely don't just feel like telling this motherfucker verbally a hundred thousand times, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> <laughs> fairly inefficient method of delivery. Yeah, right. <laughs> Then this time progresses the same of uh, one of the editors of the book. He was a uh, grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? We're from the same area, and uh, he was a published author before we graduated high school in 2014. Okay. Um, he was the one that we always maintained a great relationship. He was the one that was like, "Hey, well, you should write about that shit." I'm like, "Hmm, that's a good ass idea. I could, I could write about it." You know right. What I'm well, it sounds to me like you made you just basically made wine out of water. You had a bad experience, and you turned it around. And I was one of the things I was wondering is like, especially after that experience, people who haven't read the book or don't know anything about it. I'm not giving you any spoilers here. That like the first half of the book is available. That it is available on Amazon, and you really should pick it up and read it and see what can happen. But one of my questions was like, did that experience when you were coming back? How did that affect your ability to get jobs here back in the states? Um, it didn't, that is, nobody would know 14 Days in Beijing happened to me if I did not write about this book. Okay. It, it, like, it, when I, it's chapter 10, I met with the U.S. Embassy, and that was one of the questions posed to, you know what I'm saying, our official was like, hey, would this follow us anywhere? Like, you know what I'm saying, could we still travel? And he was like, yeah, this, this doesn't, you know what I'm saying, leave China. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. I mean, you can tell people if you want, but you know what I'm saying, it, it, won't, it won't follow y'all. Right. You know, so, inhibit me from anything. I thought it would, you know what I'm saying, especially because I still teach and, you know what I'm saying, and right. coach and all. I'm like, it's like, nah, folks, just like, because I, I turned it into something positive, you know what I'm right. saying, and you can learn. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I learned from it, but it's like, everybody else can learn something. You could definitely take something away from this story. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? It's, definitely. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's just perceived completely different. You know what I'm saying? It's perceived positively. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Despite his Despite the negative, negative connotation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and most people would take an event like that and it becomes a negative mark in their life. Where did you get the idea? Where did you where did you get the, the philosophy that hey, whatever whatever comes my way in this life, I'm just gonna take it, turn it around and try to build something positive out of it. Uh, just me playing football. Actually, yeah, me playing football, you know what I'm saying? I was always an underdog. I started playing football to eighth grade, so I was 13 years old. Okay. Um, I didn't know much. All I knew was catch and run, you know what I'm saying? I had no clue about formations, like just structured football. 
no idea. So jumping into it, the thirteen is like I had to do a lot of catching up just as far as just learning the game. You know right. what I'm saying? Getting that, getting that aspect down and then learning you gotta find a position. I wanted to play receiver, but they talking about, oh yeah, a lot of the X, Y, Z. I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about, bro. I'm gonna have then I moved to free safety and it was just easy to learn. And right. it was just easy to digest. And that's when um I know breaking separated my AC joint in practice. So I ain't play vast majority of the eighth grade year. Bounce back freshman year. I'm on the freshman team. I'm starting at free safety. Got I'm going crazy. Next you got year. two free safeties here. Yeah, I'm on JV, but now I'm playing strong safety because I'm, I'm physical. I'm, I'm very physical, so they move me to dog safety. Um, I did that for JV. So junior year, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to play varsity. I did freshman ball, and JV. I'm saying this is my junior. Year. I'm upperclassman now. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to play varsity, and that was when I dealt with my first phase. Just my first aspect of uh, adversity. You know what I'm saying? And what was it? Goals and you know what I'm saying? They just they ain't manifest initially, and I was like, I wanted to start on varsity. Come, uh, you know what I'm saying? I went to all the summer workouts, did you know what I'm saying? Everything right. Come started the season, they put me back on JV. You know what I'm saying? They want to play a senior over me, and he really he can't he transferred from another school as a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? But they, you know what I'm saying? He moved they moved him to strong safety, so they trying uh-huh. to play him just because last year and shit. And that shit bothered me just because it's like I didn't feel like it was fair, but. And you know what I'm saying? Of course, I took, I ain't take it well at first. And right. I was bitching and pouting and all of that. You know what I'm saying? And one of my coaches was like, you know what I'm saying? Chance, you just shut the hell up and just played ball. That damn things would probably be a lot different for you. So I just took that advice. Mm. And I started grinding. Mm. Started grinding, putting in extra work. And I was, it came JV season. I'm talking about every game I played in JV, I caught a pick in. I'm catching two, three picks in, you know what I'm saying, per game. So it was like, I'm just going to JV. Then they finally moved me up to varsity. My very first game on varsity, I pick off the number two quarterback in the nation at the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like, man, I was, you know what I'm saying? I started the rest of the year and then going to my senior year, of course. They moved me, that's when they moved me to the corner. So, you know what I'm saying? And I played that corner. and But that was just the aspect within itself. It was like, okay, I played free safety and strong safety. Now y'all moved me on the island. You know what I'm saying? My hips ain't really like that, footwork like, like that. And then the whole IQ that comes with playing corners, a whole different technique and, you know what I'm saying, strategy. So it's like, I got to learn all of this. You know what I'm saying? I ain't have the proper coaching to, you know what I'm saying, excel at the position. It's really learning just what I can just obtain from watching videos and just doing one-on-ones as much as I can. Um, I did pretty straight. Then, you know what I'm saying, end of my senior year, I had no offers. I had no schools looking at me, no interest, none of that. So I was like, I knew I wanted to play college ball. Okay. My school wasn't football. Our coaches wasn't goddamn trying to put nothing on. I'm talking about our head coach. He was hiring folks letters and, uh, shit from schools, mail and stuff from schools and shit. Like he was one of them. You know what I'm oh, saying? That's crazy. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, we, we have a lot. Of, we had a lot of that with with our schools up here in, in um on Long Island. You know, one of the biggest schools, but they never really pushed us. Um, as far as like athletics are concerned, they ha- kind of had to find us. They had we had to be exceptional in any sport. You know, especially yeah. the minorities. A lot of them would deny that today. You know, but you know that's the way but, it is. 
That's what it was. That's the way it was. So, you know, but Mr. Brooks walked on at, at Temple as a defensive back. So, y'all have that synergy going on right now, back to back. Y'all could have, you know, played some ball if we had built a time machine. <laughs> one of the interesting things, though, just to get back to you, one of the interesting things about what I read about you is that you identify as Native American, not African American. So, did you get any? Do you did you get any pushback from your identity, or what's your area like? Is that something that was, you know, did that is that something that kind of helped you out during that time when you were incarcerated? Because I found it interesting that you were talking about. Um, Praying to your ancestors, you know, and also I thought I thought it was funny when you said that your ancestors had forewarned you that your trip to China wasn't going to be a positive one, and you went anyway, like any hard-headed child would. Yeah, so, so you know, I'm wondering, like, did they? You know, I mean, that's a spiritual thing. I can't really call you hard-headed for not listening to that. I could just be like, uh, nothing, and everything, and. So how did that play into everything when you were when you were in China? Well, so um, my great grandmother on my mother's side, so her grandmother, she's Cherokee. Uh, she's Cherokee Indian. Um, I I can show y'all a picture, and like you, you know, like, yeah, this is a, an indigenous woman for sure. Um, but uh, just I, we always knew growing up, like uh, my great grandmother, she was like a, a lighter brown skin. You understand? Had, luxurious, beautiful, long hairs, and you know what I'm saying, at a very old age, you know what I'm saying, her hair's still damn near black for the most part, you know what I'm saying, she got some grays in there, but right. you know what I'm saying, it's still black for the most part, so it's like, yeah, we always knew, I'm like, Granny something, like, Granny different, like, yeah, the Granny's Cherokee, and um, I learned from my father, you know what I'm saying, on his side, uh, his uh, grandfather um, was uh, Choctaw Watonka, so Watonka derives from Alabama, they try, you know, send the rest from Alabama, so that's where just you know, what I'm saying just tapping in with my relatives and just learning, just asking them. And just one, I met, I know one for I seen one face to face, you know, what I'm saying and experienced my great grandmother on my mother's side, far as my father's side. Now, I really ain't been tapped in with that with side, that side. Like that. more in depth, but um, yeah, that's just where my native roots derive from, you know, what I'm saying. Um, does that give you a part, does that kind of give you a different perspective on race relations in the United States because of the fact that you do have that identity? You have that because, like, for me, like my my family is, um, you know, we have some Cherokee in there. I'm not really the big family historian, and like the rest of the Exums will tell you that they'll curse me out because the rest of my family, they, my sister even went down to North Carolina. She used to be there in summer times when I, when I was a kid. I was just too busy. For me, I just wasn't feeling it. So she's tapped into that, and her husband is actually a full-blown um, Cherokee, and they live on the reservation and things like that. So it's like we have that, you know, we have that connection, but I have that familial thing. And I was finding interesting. I look at a brother like Kyrie Irving, for example. I had to bring my nets into it. You know I got to bring my nets into it because that's my dude. Stop shaking your head, Rob. Stop shaking your head. <laughs> He, you see, when he when he doesn't even comment, he just say, I just know what he's thinking already. He's just like, uh, you know. Oh, it's 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 basketball season for another six weeks. Give it a break. Four weeks, bro. Four weeks, bro. Four weeks. But we're not talking about basketball per se. We're talking about Kyrie Irving and 
him being a Native American. Yeah, you make that face get. So anyway, so the thing is that do you perceive like I, I when when people tell you that you that you should behave a certain way on your ancestral land, does that like affect you some way? You know, I know Rob, you have some Indian in you on your on your father's side. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like all of us, I feel like most people of color here in America are derived from here in America. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us are the lost tribe of, you know what I'm saying, the aborigine indigenous people. You know what I'm saying? Okay. History is just us in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? So we just going along with that story and shit. So, uh, it, it, and he's like, you think it's interesting? Damn, like, you ask most people, of color, yeah, they, I got some Indian in me, I got some Indian in me, I got some, it's crazy. Man. It, it's, I don't see the, I, don't think, I think that's just ironic that everybody just so happens to have some type of Indian in them. Nah, bro, because, yeah, bro, we, a lot of us really, really from here, bro. Like, we're original people, you know what I'm saying? We're part of the original people of this land, you know what I'm saying? Shit just, um, just been misconstrued and, you know what I'm saying, omitted and <laughs> right. sugarcoated. Yeah. You know told us one way, you know what I'm saying, versus how it actually happened to keep us further from really knowing ourselves all in all. And, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, gets, it gets deep. But, um, yeah, I can't really say that there's any truth to it, but I've heard, like, the theories of them taking the indigenous Indians and putting them on ships in one port and just bringing us back around the continent and selling, mm-hmm. sold, being sold as slaves in the normal slave markets. So you're basically, you think that you've gone someplace else, but you're actually at, you're actually at home at that point. You know, so there's a lot of people, that is a theory. I'm not saying it's true or it's not. You gotta, you gotta put the disclaimer out. There's a lot of theories out there. Some of them are, some of them are, but most of this stuff is based in somewhat truth. My feeling is that if it, it may not have happened to everyone, but if it happened once, then it's true, right? <laughs> you know, so that happened. You know, but your experience in China, being incarcerated, not being as proficient in the language, that was kind of the thing that really that got me, that made me want to read more. Because once your boy left, and I don't want you to give me any spoilers, but once your boy left and everything, you were basically sitting there and you're just like left to look around with all these other cats that haven't been communicating with you for all these days. And the reason why you ended up being, you know, incarcerated, that's funny within itself. Um, Because this is a this is definitely a 420 friendly podcast. You know, and for you to end up, for you to end up in something like in a situation like that, all, all I, the first thing I thought about when I read that was that I'll never broadcast "Born in Trouble" from China, because like on most nights they can come knock my door in, and I'm going out, and then people, Rob, don't shake your head, Rob. First the cloud, first the cloud will roll out, then they'll take you out. <laughs> facts, facts. It would go down that way. I didn't get to read further. I don't know if you actually disclosed where you actually obtained that um, the the uh, cannabis from. Um, I'm not sure you probably should because that breaks the code, bro. I mean, in the story, I give like look at like as you read the book, 
yeah. story I came up with. I was, you know what I'm saying? I was, I just came up with that. But yeah, that, my actual actual. Oh, I had two of them. I actually had two plugs. You know? Okay. It <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of what my mama used to say: "It'd be a poor rabbit that have only one hole." But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> They both was cool. So I got to tap in with one of them really in depth, like build a relationship. He was, he's Al Salvadorian. He was a teacher as well. He had kids and stuff out there. Like, I'm like, well, you really out here in the field with it. Like, right. you out here. You know what I'm saying? He was a down to earth dude. You know what I'm saying? Good, good spirited. Good, good spirited. And he didn't, you didn't, he's okay. He got nothing happened. I haven't spoken this once. Once I got released, I deleted every contact in my head. <laughs> 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 I, like, hey, I ain't had contact. But... Were you happy to be home? You, I guess you were happy to be home. Yeah, that. <laughs> but I do miss China, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? After everything that's said and done, the time done passed, I do miss China. Like, it was the ultimate adventure. Like, experience of a lifetime. Just be able to live in a completely different country. And it's not, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the city still, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was it was hella harmonious, hella harmonious, you know what I'm saying? Then working with the kids, that made it worthwhile as well because I'm, I'm here to work. So it's like, I'm enjoying my job. So that's the icing on the cake. It's like, okay, yeah. If I can enjoy working, oh, yeah, everything else is going to be a breeze. You know what I'm saying? So, right. yeah, look, man, clubs, people, the food, culture, um, the foreigners, just well, all your different you have a question, Rob? Yeah. What were the What were the biggest misconceptions you had about life in China before you got over there? Like, what are the What are the things that you got over there, and you're like, wait, a minute, this isn't anything like I thought it was. Um. Well, I thought the students. I was like, okay, these students gonna be well behaved. They're gonna be disciplined. They're gonna be orderly. Like, I ain't gonna have no issues. <laughs> Kids are kids, no matter where you <laughs> go. I'm talking about these I'm, kids, like kids and kids. Like you got your bright ones, you know what I'm saying? You got your, your in between, and so you got your ones. It's just like it, it's quiet for you, family. <laughs> and they still play, they like to have fun. You know what I'm saying? I had a fight break out of my. I was, it was, that was the last thing I expected to happen in one, you know what I'm saying? Just to, mm-hmm. like, bro, like, and this, I'm talking about, I was working with kids as young as three years old all the way up to 14. Like, these just, they got to fight, and they was like seven, eight years old, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they was just straight kicking. It wasn't, they weren't throwing no hands. I was just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to break this up. So I was like, hold on, I got to <laughs> like that, like that was, you know, like the air pollution was real. I remember learning about it in school, but it's like once you really out there, like you could really see. Like, yeah, bro, that's what the mask and shit that we wearing here now is like. That was already the way of life over there. You know what I'm saying? But that's just because the air is goddamn ain't the purest. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. was because like, of COVID. But um, yeah, it's just like that's well, I didn't expect. Uh, Chinese people's hygiene definition of hygiene is drastically different than ours. How so? In a in a, in a positive way or negative way? <laughs> he said negative. These folks don't wash their hands. Really? They don't wash their hands. They barely, some of them don't even really brush their teeth like that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, if you ain't wash your hands and brush your teeth. I know you're not bathing for real, for real. Um, <laughs> 
Like it, the school I worked in, the bathrooms ain't have soap or toilet paper in them. Wow. And they gave, gave us teachers toilet paper and soap, you know what I'm saying, take to the bathroom and stuff. But as far as the students and the rest of the faculty, Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now you go to a restaurant, you see one of the folks from back in the kitchen going to the bathroom and come back out, you know for a fact they did not wash their hands. Mm. You, know, for a fact. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so that troublesome. Was, yeah, was, man, imagine being locked up. Oh, it was even worse than this. Yeah, this this the story about you having to go to the bathroom, that was oof. And that was uh you were on day like two, you know, day three. Yeah, facts. And, uh, you know, I can imagine it's like, you know, you might even have something in there about the bubbles. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading about that. The bubbles. Oh, yeah, the bubbles. You've got your soul with it. For real, for real, for real. So, so, you know, so now now that you've told the story, like, where, what are you hoping? What do you where do you where are you hoping this this will take you? What are you hoping to achieve out of this? Uh, definitely just. just Continue to grow the story, motivate and inspire people, um, enlighten people as well. The world, honestly, let me speak the world. Um, definitely, I've heard it. I already thought about it myself, and then just hearing feedback from readers is like, definitely, this motherfucker gonna be like a film or it's a show series or something like that. That's definitely the end end goal for sure. For sure, I and mean, there's a lot of the creative project. I'm working on an audio book for it. It's gonna be dope. I want to do an anime for it. I think an anime would be hard. You know what I'm saying? I think okay. it would be hard. Um, a comic book, all of that. And um, yeah, just, you know what I'm saying? Continue to grow this story, push the story, and continue to travel and write about my just different life experiences. You know what I'm saying? I've, been, I've learned that I have a talent for storytelling. And um, you know what I'm saying? I just want to continue to just... Well, I got to tell you the truth, Chancellor. You have you um you have such a like you know a positive attitude and like you know a, a I guess the word I'm looking for is like ebullient. You know, can I can I get that one? Can I use that word today, Rob? Ebullient with that word type of personality. Uh, yeah, yeah, that fits. That fits. He was yes. on me because he said I used to be a lot more literate than I am. You know, a lot more. Um, I see. I, I just lost it again, so it's like I lose. I used the vocabulary word, but you've got it. You've got such a like. I could see it being more of a. I could see it even being a comedy, you know, with some of the stuff that you're saying. Because, you know, you made it. You made it. You know, 14 yeah. days. Maybe you can make it so the show is supposed to be 14 days, and every time you're supposed to get released, you get pushed back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making that something going on. Something, but you mentioned you also mentioned in there that you're not very good at speaking Mandarin. Your your Mandarin is kind of choppy, and I know that China is a very it's a voluminous country. In that area, was Mandarin the only dialect that was used? Was that the main dialect? Is that the national dialect that they use, or that they're trying to put out there? Yeah, that's the main one that they use. Um, yeah, Mandarin. You may come across some native Chinese people that can speak some English. If they're good at it, they'll talk to you. If they're not, they gonna be like, ah, they're just gonna be hella insecure about it. You know what I'm saying? Just be awkward and they don't wanna really speak to you. I met some Chinese people that's fluent Spanish. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. You never know what you might come across out there. Can you speak Spanish? Can you speak Spanish? Or? Uh, my it's probably just as strong as my man. Okay. <laughs> 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 so, 
know what I'm saying? Poquito. Right. Poquito. I know that word. Poquito. <laughs> Say that all the time. Poquito. I understand the curses. I understand when they're saying something bad about me. When I should be ready to slap you. So I usually look at them and let them know, too. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> Trying to get me. Like, how is the reception in general to Americans and or and or black Americans uh, over there in China? Yeah, that's really the important part. I felt like, like I was a celebrity, for real, for real. Um, draw attention everywhere you go. And all attention is good attention at the end of the day. Um, and, like, it was still, like, it was deep reverence. Like, I've heard some experiences from other people of color, you know what I'm saying? It's like, the Chinese people just be being hella aggressive towards them. Like, just walking up to you, just touching your hair, or just, you know what I'm saying, touching your clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just walking to you, just taking selfie with you, not ask, you know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> just doing it, not asking none of that. Yeah, so, right. but I never had any issue, with that, you know what I'm saying, folks. And then, you know what I'm saying? I, I had locks at the time and I played college football. So it was like my stature, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just whole demeanor just is just right. drastically different than the act. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that played a part into it as well. Why people just ain't, you know what I'm saying? One try me on that, you know what I'm saying, on that same type of time. But, all a lot of people were great, man. Like it was very peaceful, very um, vibrational. Like I, I received some of the best customer service I ever experienced in my life out there. Mm. Yeah, the best customer service. <laughs> some yeah. of the best going yep. above and beyond. And because of your, they don't accept tips out there, so it's like they just doing all of that just to, you know, what I'm saying. It makes you wonder, like, what are we doing here? Why can't? But you know what? Though it's a different. I'm sure the similarities in the culture. They have when when you're one people, it's different than when you're a big group mishmash people. And China has kind of like they've worked very hard um, over the centuries to kind of make that one people. Sometimes with through like you know they taunt with each other. Other times with war. Sometimes they use the hammer. Sometimes they use the silk. And it's a little bit different than here where we have all these different groups of people claiming different nationalities. And that's all, And forget about just the nationalities. We're talking about economic things that really separate people. That makes that really is a bigger thing than even the than even races, whether people want to admit it or not. Poor whites are mad at black people who have money because they have money, you know, and they're black. So, <laughs> so it's like it works both ways you know so um you know but i i i found it very interesting it's like i was looking for similarities in your experience between that and the um african slaves you know believe it or not because you were a captive in a foreign land and you described the fact that you had no idea what was going on when you got there so I can imagine the same thing with a lot of people who came over from different areas of different regions, whether they have been indigenous and came from Missouri back to New York to be sold, or whether they came from a, another continent completely and totally. There's, there's a parallel there. The big difference is that you chose to go to China, and black people, the slaves obviously didn't. But they had, there's some parallels there. Would you agree? or? No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um the uncertainty it's just no it's it's, it's, it's a worldly move like that's why i was very i was always appreciative and grateful 
to be over there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what I'm doing, I'm doing something that most people, you know what I'm saying, from where I'm from, will never get to experience. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm doing it at a very young age. I definitely feel like I'm probably to have some ancestors that have stumped these grounds at some point in time along our lineage, you know what I'm saying, for me to be here, you know what I'm saying? Definitely, I ain't the first, you know what I'm saying, of my kind to be in this land for sure, for sure. So I knew it was very, uh, it was it was symbolic and uh, revolutionary to just, you know what I'm saying? It's a brave tribe. move. It's a brave step. Okay. You know, it's a brave step. I had no... Back against the wall, I'm like, I had nothing else to to work with. You know what I'm saying? I was applying for jobs for eight months straight, getting told, interviewing, getting flown out, all different types of shit, getting told no. First job, tell me yes on the other side of the world. Oh, there's no if hands of us about it. Wow. <laughs> That's where I'm supposed to be. That's incredible. That's where I'm supposed to be. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm tr- trying to fuck with America. I'm tr- applying all the jobs I'm applying for: corporate positions, marketing, sales, management. These folks was just not fucking with me. For- because I lacked the experience. was like, y'all knew that before we even set the interview up. When I submitted my resume, you can tell you knew that. So it was just like, but all y'all saying the same thing. So it was like, shit, bro. Fuck, I, I, clearly, the universe tell me, corporate ain't for you, bro. You need to take a reapproach your job searching. And shit, I did that. And as soon as I did, I came across the opportunity to teach abroad in China, applied, and got the damn job. I was just like, what's the bitch? <laughs> it's just yeah. like, <laughs> that that kind of makes me mad though you know the fact that you no I'm, I'm serious like it does it kind of makes me mad though cause like here you are you're, you're accredited you have your you've got your degree and there's not one person in this entire contiguous United States that will give you a shot that will give you a job and then you look at the rhetoric that's pushed in all these different places about X, Y, and Z, and they would just like basically put you. They just basically put you into a into a spot, into a corner. It's a good thing that you had that experience. It's a great thing that you had that experience. From the way that it sounds, um, it's better if it's a choice. If it's a if it's a one hundred percent choice, I would prefer for your story to be that. I had this opportunity in China and I also had an opportunity in Arkansas working for a company and then I chose to go to China as opposed to there isn't too much that's like left and everything so that's how I trust me it it definitely fucked me up because it's like damn bro I thought I did everything right like you know what I'm saying I did good in school I got to college Played college ball, did everything right, you know what I'm saying? Got good grades, all this, you know what I'm saying? I did everything that I was supposed to do, quote unquote. And it's like, shit, I'm still CRA. I'm back home and graduated. I'm driving an Uber and shit. Like, I'm like, nigga, this can't be it, bro. Like, <laughs> this can't be it. Hell no, bro. And then to be like, literally, I'm getting flown out to interview with big time companies. It's like, damn, these folks, I keep telling you, you know, like, bro, what is going on? Well, like, for them, for, for them to be telling you that you didn't have enough experience have they flew you out that almost feels like it's like they were engaged in some type of tokenism like we just got we got to bring up we got to bring some brown people in for the interview they don't make no sense like, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. and i i feel like a lot of them ain't even know what i look like like my resume chancellor jackson they probably mm-hmm. saw that and see the states university as a pwi play sports you know what I'm saying? they probably ain't even know until like i got to they i'm face to face with them i got mm-hmm. the locks and everything like oh uh, but I'm still, you know, I'm myself well. You know, I'm very, very well spoken. I know myself well. You know, what I'm saying. I, mm-hmm. know the I feel like 
everything played a factor into, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying, just me constantly being told no, you know what I'm saying? And you were. To me, embarking to, on this journey across the world. So it's... I, I'm, I'm just pissed. Like you know, but they see the name. I wonder if they thought, like, <laughs> Chancellor, did it go down like this? Did they pick up a coin like this and they say, hey, Bill, get Ted and, get Ted and Bob in here. What do you think? <laughs> Chancellor Jackson, black or white guy? <laughs> Let's flip a coin on it. What do you think, Rob? Call heads, heads or tails? Heads. Heads. Oh damn, tails. Ten. Let's bring them in anyway. <laughs> It'll fit the quota, and we've got extra money to spend. That's like basically how it went down. It's like, and people right. think that these things aren't important. This is kind of like what we were railing about just the other day, Rob, on the show. But I'm not going to even get into that because <laughs> Sunday night. I haven't had my medication yet because I'm thinking that since we're doing this show and it's based upon your experiences in the Chinese Republic, I don't want them reaching back and trying to extradite me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man, you, you in the good old USA, now they can do over to you over here. They're going to leave you alone, Holmes. Don't worry about it. You think so? You think so? All those karate as, long as, you stay, as long as you stay on this side, as long as you stay on this side of the pond, I think you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, going, bro. <laughs> Chancellor, how do you advocate and get young men where you came from uh, to participate in adventures like this, to sort of throw off the, the safety of being here in America and go to these different places? Like, how do you use your story to get those people, to get some of those people to do that? Just my spirit alone, you know what I'm saying? You get to meet me and then you know what I'm saying just get a feel for just who I am and it's like damn bro you cool as hell it's like yeah bro it's like hey. my spirit does a lot of it for me <clears throat> but then just oh yeah I got locked up now they, they I, I tell people that and I already got their attention undivided attention they just want to know anything everything about it it's like you know what I'm saying then I go in describing what it was like before those 14 days and just like all that I gained and it's like bro I am the way that I am because I experienced something different it's like, think mm-hmm. about it. You think the way that you think, you move the way that you move. You don't know what you know because you've been only exposed to so much. Right. Whatever made you from, <clears throat> if you travel outside of that, hey, good for you. You know what I'm saying? You're more of a well-rounded individual. Right. But for those that have not been exposed, it's like, bro, you got a lot to learn. A yes. lot to learn and just understand. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I just, but just travel just for your, for your understanding, understanding of life your life and just you know what I'm saying different lives that you know what I'm saying coexist within this world. You know what I'm saying? It's all different worlds. China's a different world than here in America. Mm-hmm. LA is a different world than up in Long Island. You know what I'm saying? It was just, yeah. it, all our worlds coexist though. You know what I'm saying? So it's like bro just every day try to broaden your level of understanding bro just why everything is the way it is. Question everything. Don't just go through life just you know what I'm saying just to go through don't just exist. You're like no nah, like live bro okay question why things are the way that they are why am i here right now you know what i'm saying what's the purpose of this what am i supposed to take away from this like that's just how my mind works so i just try to instill that into everybody because like a lot of people don't think like that yeah. <laughs> so they're like yeah don't think like it'd be surprising and it's just being able to tap people's brains you know what i'm saying it's like you know what i'm saying 
get them on a different frequency than what they were originally on. It's like, See, I, I think that's why I liked you initially when I read your bio. I think that's what I really liked about you because you remind me of a time when people weren't afraid to go out and try and do different things. And when you fail at something, it's not the end of the world. It's not fuck it. And I'm just curious, like, before you before you went into this, um, I know, like, and social media is something that's very big with people in your age group. You grew up different than me and Rob grew up. You know, you grew up around social media with everything that you were doing. And in China... I'm not sure how social media works. I think it's a, I think it's more um, they actually censor a lot of social media in China, so those people are different. Um, there's a reason why they do it, and I could liken that to the reason why finance in Texas is still good because Texas didn't allow subprime mortgages, so <laughs> their so their economy is still good. Well. Subprime mortgages of America is basically the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I saw a study today where they said that Facebook knows and Instagram knows that they're negatively impacting one in three girls with their post. But yet they're still like full speed ahead because the money, exactly, because of the bread. But you've physically made a you physically made a choice to take a different path. You can't not physically. Let me put that differently. You consciously made a decision to do things different. When you fail at things, I'm just wondering what is your interaction like when you describe in in high school. What was your interaction with social media at that time? Did you have a lot of Facebook, Twitter? You know, were you doing a lot of those things? Yeah, I was definitely, like, I didn't get on Instagram. I was on Facebook before, you know what I'm saying, early on, because once MySpace, I was on MySpace originally, MySpace started to die down. Everybody hopped on Facebook, and then after Facebook was around for, you know what I'm saying, Facebook was the, just the, the primary social media platform at that time for a few years. Once I got in high school, after I want to say, I was in my sophomore year, that's when I feel like, that's when it started to like really, really get popular, popular. Right. And uh, I was late to it. You know what I'm saying? I had a, like one of my, I was in class. One of my partners was like, hey, bro. Um, he was showing me this girl. He was like, hey, did you remember her from middle school? I'm like, well, what is this? You he said, this is Instagram. <laughs> That's the way yeah. it starts for most people, I think. You know, it's <laughs> like, like, like it's that, that, that connection, that, that, that one that got away. You know, and, and then they get, yeah. it's like you think you're reeling them back in. But in reality, social media is actually reeling your whole body in. But my my question was like more about your interactions with social media. Were they were you doing a lot of it at that time? Because I'm I'm curious as to how you got to that mindset where even though things were going wrong with you in your life and you had normal blow ups and flare ups that are understandable, you know, they they put somebody who probably was a worse player than you ahead of you just because he was a senior. Um, they move you, change your position. They didn't give you like all of the things that the tools that you needed in order to succeed 110%. And what you did was each time you just turned around and you made that a little bit better. You weren't able to get a job. You went out and you created a job. You are truly an entrepreneur, like for real. You're an entrepreneur and you're a hustler. And I, and I like that. I definitely am. I'm impressed. 
And you remind me of like how we would how we were as kids because you know we done fucked up a billion times. You know, <laughs> Judge Alonzo, who we had on our last Tuesday talk, I could tell you stuff about him that no that people don't know, but he didn't take it. He didn't take his and he says it. He says it. I didn't take my losses to heart. I picked myself up and I made myself better. Where do you think that spirit comes from? Like seriously. Um just I mean, I just—I think it's been—it's been in me for a very long time. Like, I remember, um, I was when I was younger, I was bad as hell. I was bad as hell, and I guess it was because I was just used to—I was the only child at first. You know what I'm saying? So I got all the attention. You know what I'm saying? All the—you know what I'm saying? Everything. Mm-hmm. And had a little brother. Had to just share the attention, and you know what I'm saying? Just had to just mature with that, and be just understand that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not the only one anymore, you know what I'm saying? It, it's bigger than me, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and it was, I was always smart. I was always intelligent, but I was just bad as hell. So it was like, I was bad all the way up until like third grade. And I remember I watched this TV show on Nickelodeon. It was called Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. And it was pretty much a show about just how to survive school and just like, you know what I'm saying? Just different hacks and tricks and just, you know what I'm saying? Things that you could do to... Uh, Assimilate better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just in, you know what I'm saying? Just to better yourself. And after just watching watch the show, it's very entertaining as well as just, it is informal. So just watching that show, just it was just a, a flip for me. You know what I'm saying? It was like after, after that, I was like, okay, I'm finna be the best that I can when it comes to the school shit. And fourth grade, I was on a roll. You know what I'm saying? All of that. You know what I'm saying? Great class president. You know what I'm saying? All that type of shit. And just on a roll all the way up until. Um, the rest of my career, honestly, I graduated high school to 3.5. But definitely mm. once I started playing football, I knew, okay, I definitely want to play. I want to play college ball. I want to play college ball. I know I can't be fucking around in school. I can't, get, you know what I'm saying? I got to perform on the field. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of steps that go into, you know what I'm saying, uh, accomplishing yeah, what I'm trying to do. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's all it was. And I was, I'm just resilient. I'm just resilient. Like, now, how do you think you could take that? Besides, like in your writings, I know in your writings is it's 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 inherent there. This is a story of a, of survival and you know change and survival and all these different things. But how do you plan on imparting that information? Because you know you told me that you coach like kids now. You're coaching like kids now. How do you? And I'm sure. And these kids are even more indoctrinated into social media than even you were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but and I, I didn't even finish answering your question about the social media. So you asked me in high school, like, was I all in social? Media? I like when I first got introduced to it. That's the story I was telling initially. Once I got introduced to it, I created my own, and really, I just learned, just okay, how does process? How does this app work? And then after that, I just took it and ran with it. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, okay, let me see what can I really make shape from this. And I really found a formula to grow a following. And I, I shit you not, like, with <laughs> a break, I went from, like, 1,000 followers. Like, through time, I worked all the way up to my junior year. I got up to 1,000 followers. Christmas break over my junior year, I went from 1,000 to 4,000 followers. And just practicing my little formula back down and, I'm somebody got to the point like I could post a picture of a, of a plain ass chair, a wooden chair. I guarantee 100 likes on Instagram. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's my crazy. Go crazy. I 
I went from and then so uh, I did three thousand. I got gained three thousand followers in two weeks over winter break. So I'm like, okay, let me see how many I can get over the course of a whole semester. I went from four thousand to probably about fifteen thousand by the time the semester was over with. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Doing the same formula, just doing, you know what I'm saying, and just all the attention and all the just accolades that I was gaining. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like I've never received this. You know what I'm saying? Not right. even playing sports. Like. It was definitely, uh, it, you know what I'm saying? It'll go to your head for sure, for sure. But it's like, I'm like, okay, all this shit is cool, but it's like, bro, what I truly want to do is play college football. That shit is not intact yet, and it ain't even close to be. So fuck everything else until I can figure out what it is that I truly, what I'm truly trying to do. So that's when I was like, yeah, fuck that Instagram. That's why I really slowed down on the social media shit. It's like, I got to figure out where I'm going to play ball at. And, was was the was the college football experience what you thought it was going to be? Um, no, not at all. Just even just me getting there alone. I didn't. I'm thinking I'm going to go. I'm going to get recruited, go on visits, and sign on signing day here. No, that, like I said, I had no looks. I had no offers. I had no not interest. Nothing at the end of my senior year season. So me ended up going to D1. I got that shit out the mud myself. I told you my coaches wasn't helping me. That was just me, my own efforts. And you know what I'm saying? The same process I did with find, trying to find a job once I play, uh, got none playing college ball. I took that same, I did that, I started that formula trying to find a school to go play football at. I get home, you know what I'm saying? I go, I'm looking up, I got the whole list from D1 all the way down to NAIA, just hella schools. I'm going to East Schools football website. Anybody, and going to the staff directory. Anybody that's geared towards football, whether you a GA, a coach, you working for the AD, you use a media specialist, you got anything to do with football, you got an email from me with mm-hmm. uh, bio, highlight tape, GPA, uh, everything, test scores, everything. I, I just did that every single day, every single day. Oh. And, you know what I'm saying? Ended up, it, I got that at the mud as well. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Just when I want to do something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> for real, for real. See, this is why this is why I have a problem with like that. That just made me pissed off again. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Nah, it pisses me off because you ain't like, smoke nothing. That's why it pisses you off. What should I light it now, bro? Should I light it now? We not in China. Oh, we safe. Carried away. But you getting, nah, car- you getting nah. carried away about shit eight eight steps in the past. Nah, let me no, but let me tell you why that pisses me off. Because like you know, these interviews. One of, one things I I like about doing interviews and interviewing new people is because like I feel like I get to know you as we talk. And I get to see exactly where you where you're coming from, and if I'm an interviewer at a job and you walk into the job and you start telling me like you know to me that comes across with you, who would they hire over you to do like you know one of these positions because you're a go getter, you know you make adjustments, you're willing to fight. You know, not only are you willing to fight, but you make a you adapt using your body and using your mind, and you actually go out and you do the action. I seen these kids. I know a lot of these kids. Excuse me. My last hit, my last job was like teaching at a real estate company. Okay, them none of the motherfuckers was like you. I'm telling you right now, none of them, none of them. They don't have that drive. It's like these are things that most people like you 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 actually saw past the bullshit and the cloud in order for you to get past and in order for you to get past whatever obstacles are in front of you. And I think that your future chancellor, I think your future is like bright. 
no matter what happens, whether it be writing, whether it be teaching, coaching, whatever you choose to do, I think I feel like there's like there's a niche for you, there's a place for you. And the fact that you're going through all of this, it's like to me, it's like it's like stupid. It's like it just shows me how dumb people are. I'm sorry, that's me. So it's like you know, maybe so, Rob. I'm sorry. That's, that's why I have Rob on the show, so that way I can get to apologize. Sorry, Rob. I just feel like it's just, it's just everything is preparation for what's in store. You know what I'm saying? Like most definitely. I'm the ultimate underdog for sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't take nothing for granted. I'm grateful for everything, and uh, and I work the way that I do for shit. And nothing really been truly given to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything I got to get out the mud and you know what I'm saying, make shape for myself. So. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's all a part of the process, all a part of the journey. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, everything brought in a level of understanding. With great understanding comes acceptance, most importantly. And with that acceptance, you know what I'm saying, brings peace. And a lot of people like peace. These people better be happy that I didn't grow up with social media because I would be setting up different <laughs> things. I'd have a website called, like, you know, Bag an Interviewer. Which would mean, like, you could go online and you could say, this interviewer is, like, a piece of shit. And I've seen who they hired. So I need somebody anonymously to go by with the ski mask and pop them upside the head as they walk out the door. <laughs> yes? <laughs> Y'all yeah, just, I, I don't get this. What, what's wrong with that? There's, what? <laughs> Is it a felony? Is it? Is, is it? I'm pretty is, sure. I'm pretty sure subordinating a felony is. I've never been. I've felony. never been to jail, man. So it's like I'm not sure about what the laws are. So I guess I could use that ignorance. I could. I. I don't know. Did I do something wrong, Chancellor? Man, it's, it's a. It's a pleasure, Rob. Do you have anything else you want to add to this conversation? Uh, I'm gonna leave what you just had out there alone. Oh, what? What? Were you trying to leave evidence? You trying to leave evidence out there for me, bro? You trying to get me B. I'm 52. I can't go to jail. I'm also still pretty. I can't do it. I can't do it, bro. Oh. 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 Yeah, that's what I got. Oh. The book is titled 14 Days in Beijing. The author is Mr. Chancellor Jackson. Chancellor Jackson, give yourself a round of applause. Thank you for joining us today on Board in Trouble. Yes. Two snaps. I like that. Yes. 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 I love this brother. Y'all need to cop this book because we need, what are those notes called, Rob? You do not need Sparks Notes. You need to read the book. We need Sparks Notes for 14 days in Beijing. You know why we need Sparks Notes for this? Because that means that academia has picked up on this book. And that means that other people are buying it in droves. And that means that when I call Chancellor and I ask him for a loan 10 years from now, that brother's got to give me some money. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Listen, we, we can't be completely serious here on the show. It would just be wrong. It would just be wrong. But, Chancellor, where can we pick up your book? Tell the people where they can find your book at. So for sure, for sure. So, 14 Days in Beijing, available on Amazon. Uh, I have a free version available as well. That's on Amazon. The covers are drastically different. So, this is what the, the paid version looks like. The blue okay. and black. You know what I'm saying? The other more... You know what I'm saying? Just a colorful 
that's the free version. Um, you'll be able to tell the difference. But yeah, just uh, okay. The best way to find me on anything is go to your pull your phone out right now. Go to your search engine, internet browser. Go to Google and Ooh. search for Beijing or Chancellor Jackson. And I and I and I can tell you from experience, it was very easy to find. So if y'all don't buy the if y'all don't buy the book, you know, I'm supporting the brother. Y'all can support the brother too. He had to go to China to get a job, yo. You can buy his damn book. <laughs> and it's a good book. No, seriously though, it's a good book. The beginning of it is definitely we're gonna have to have you have you come back. Maybe um we'll have you do back to back Tuesday talks and I'll read it and I'll ask you lots of questions and maybe I'll be more serious that time. After both of y'all read it, y'all gonna have so many questions I'm already knowing. So Chancellor Jackson. So Chancellor, we're gonna we're gonna end it here. We're gonna keep it under an hour for a change. Wow! It's because Rob has nothing to say. What, what's wrong with you, Rob? What's wrong? <laughs> beat you up today? Or what? <laughs> it's a long night. It's all I'm gonna say. That's all he could say. It's a long night. No, that's right. Night. Oh, that's right. He told us in the pregame that we can't share with you. But there is a reason why the boy is broken down. <laughs> He's a love slave from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Mr. Robert Brooks. Yo, yo, yo. Born in trouble. Tuesday talk. Hope y'all enjoy this one, and we'll see you on Thursday for our normal recording. Peace. Peace.